It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today as we move along in the week. There is a lot going on with News to catch up on as Tennessee's coaches continue on the recruiting trail. There is a big name that has scheduled an official visit to Tennessee coming up in about 10 days. I'll tell you about that right here on Locked on Vols. Before that, I mentioned on Tuesday's show, I wanted to spend a little more time talking about in-season development. We spend so much time talking about what a team is and will be for the rest of the season in August and September, and I think this season should have taught us a lesson this season for Tennessee I'm talking about I'll get to that in segment number one and look at players who developed as the year went along in segment number two I'll have recruiting updates for you another Tennessee football player entering the transfer portal and changes maybe we should expect as the offseason moves along or at least the offseason approaches for Tennessee and then I'll close out with some Tennessee basketball the Vols will be in action tonight it's another tune-up game for Tennessee and non-conference play taking on Florida A&M at Thompson Bowling Arena with 10 days to go before the Tennessee-Memphis game in Knoxville. I'll get to all of that today on Locked on Vols, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps, and you can tell your smart speaker at home to play podcast Locked on V-O-L-S. It's been well documented at this point that Tennessee improved from where it was in September and probably early October to where it is now. The record obviously got a lot better. Tennessee was 1-4, and four, and now the Vols are 7-5. and five. The only loss after that Georgia game was against Alabama on the road. Not bad, right? But there's a reason for that. The way that Tennessee turned things around, there's the leadership aspect, there's the way players continued to believe in themselves – But also, Tennessee got better. Remember that Georgia State game? There were several reasons why Tennessee played poorly, but Tennessee played really poorly. And at the time, Tennessee was not a very good team. It had the ability, and Jeremy Pruitt has said they weren't maybe as far away as we thought at the time, but a lot needed to change. No doubt about that. And I think that's a reminder that, sure, you spent a lot of time in the offseason preparing for the upcoming football season, and putting time in the weight room, all the work you do in the summer, seven-on-seven, passing drills, all that. And then you get to August and fall camp. You You have spring practice and fall camp to prepare to get ready. But that does not mean you are a finished product in September. I guess one thing that I did get right, talking about where this team would be at this point in the year, my seven and five prediction was correct, but got kind of lucky in that one, didn't I? One thing I said in August was, Tennessee will be a better team in November than it is now as long as it stays relatively healthy, and it did that. I think Tennessee stayed really healthy considering what can happen in a college football season. But I also remember pointing to line of scrimmage play. They were still trying to figure things out on the offensive line, and I'm not sure Tennessee staff managed the O-line the right way at the beginning of the season, but... Uh, With that group, they were able to essentially settle on a starting five. They dealt with injuries, and that's just going to happen every year and had to move some guys around. But overall, I think Tennessee was able to establish what it wanted up front, 
and that helped those players. And then on the defensive line, a lot of those guys really just needed reps. I thought that was a pretty obvious position group to point to to say the defensive line you see right now is going to be better in four weeks, eight weeks, and 12 weeks. And that is absolutely the case. Remember after the Georgia game, Tennessee's defensive line had really struggled. It was not able to create any kind of pressure. And then all of a sudden, you snapped your fingers, went to the Mississippi State game, and Tennessee was all over the place with its defensive line. And that kind of continued as the season went along. So that's a position group to absolutely point to with guys that got better as the season went along. So I just thought of a few individual players to point to, and it can go much deeper than a list of four or five players. But think about Kavon Bennett. After the first month of the season, I think we were still talking about Tennessee's issues trying to create a pass rush. And a lot of people, myself included, believed, you know, if Daryl Taylor and Daniel Batuli can't really get this going, then who's going to? Well, Kavon Bennett was one of those players. He's a guy that I think could set up to be a really good player for Tennessee next year and, and will play a bigger role probably because guys like Daryl Taylor and Daniel Batuli, they, they play different positions, but in terms of trying to create a pass rush, you need Kavon Bennett to step up in that role. Yeah, Darrell Middleton's a guy that he was a better defensive lineman in the second half of the season than the first half of the season. That probably applies to a lot of guys. Matthew Butler improved as the year went along. Latrell Bumpus, you know, think about him moving over from tight end to the defensive line. He got better. Again, it has to apply to probably everybody in that position group. I think that's the most improved group from the start of the season to where Tennessee is now. And then think about a couple of veterans. Jarrett Garantano is an obvious player. In September, he really struggled. In the second half of October and the month of November, he was a difference maker at times for Tennessee on offense. Senior Nigel Warrior in the first month of the season really had some challenges that he had to battle through. By the end of the season, he's one of Tennessee's best players. He's a you know, potential all-SEC guy at safety. Pro Football Focus, I think, has graded Nigel out either at the top or near the top of Tennessee's defensive players. We weren't having that conversation back in September. Tennessee's coaches stuck with him. He continued to work, and he improved. Nigel Warrior is a terrific example. So is Jarrett Garantano of what we see in September does not necessarily tell us what will take place the rest of the season. Give players a chance to get better. Then you have somebody like Karon Calvert on the offensive line. He's a guy that I thought was you know, a, a really nice prospect when he arrived, but he had some serious health issues that were well chronicled and – we never really knew. He never really knew if he would be healthy enough to play in the SEC. This year he was, and look at how he improved. And he was a guy that at one point, I think Jeremy Pruitt said, yeah, he probably needs to play inside at guard for us, and he still could, but he spent more time at tackle this year. That's development as well. That's trust from Tennessee's coaches. So I just ran through a bunch of names. I could keep on going. I think this season, though, should teach us a lesson that just because we see something in September, that does not necessarily tell us what a team is going to be over the course of a season. And yeah, maybe next year we get an even better test for Tennessee because the Georgia game is in November. I think that's something that excites Tennessee fans to see a big game that should really matter uh, or it should at least be a, a really big test for the Vols later in the season. How many times have Tennessee fans said, you know what, I really wish that Florida game were later in the year when Tennessee will have had a chance to develop as a football team. You kind of get that with the Georgia game coming up in November in 2020. It doesn't mean Tennessee's going to win, and it certainly doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. But one reason I want to see Tennessee play 
a higher level opponent in the bowl game is because Tennessee didn't face the highest level of competition in the second half of the season. And the Vols don't have to apologize for that. And Tennessee deserves credit for taking advantage. Uh, Missouri and, and Kentucky weren't good enough to beat Tennessee. Tennessee was able to go out there and get a win. And the win at Kentucky, I do think that's a solid win. That's a quality team that Mark Stoops was able to keep together this year. He deserves a ton of credit. But I would like to see Tennessee play a higher level team to get an even better idea of how far Tennessee has come from where it was early in the season when it really wasn't competitive against Florida and Georgia and uh, more so against Alabama. But there was still a, a difference in those two teams. Let's see Tennessee in a bowl game against a better opponent, what it could do. That's at least something I would like to see. The bowl projections are all over the place, though. I'll get to that in the next segment. A recruiting update, a Tennessee football player entering the transfer portal. All of that coming up next on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which has all kinds of listening options for you. So does Audible. It has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. And if you can't visit Audible right now, remember that you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. News came Tuesday that Marcus Tatum has entered the transfer portal. He is the second Tennessee offensive lineman and third Tennessee football player to enter the portal here in the last couple of days. Tatum is a lot like Ryan Johnson in that he came into Tennessee, had to develop physically, played a good amount of football for Tennessee over the last couple of years, but was also passed up by some younger players this past season. Tennessee had Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, and Karon Calvert start at tackle a lot this season, and that took away playing opportunity for Marcus Tatum. He was still able to play as the year went along when Tennessee dealt with injuries. Tatum was needed. But he's a guy that he really worked hard for Tennessee and I thought was a really good representative for the university, but probably wasn't playing at a high enough level for Tennessee's coaches. And for him, he'll have a chance to go somewhere else, assuming that's what he decides to do, because I'll always point out, you can enter the transfer portal and then decide to remove your name and stay at the school you were originally playing at. So uh, we'll see for sure if Marcus Tatum does leave, but this would indicate that that is the most likely scenario. So Ryan Johnson and Marcus Tatum would be a couple of guys moving on. Remember for next year, you have Jackson Lampley and Chris Ockperogane who were a part of the 2019 class. Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright got the most attention. But next year, let's see if Ockperogane is more involved. He could be at guard. And then uh, Jackson Lampley, who was a highly touted player in the 19 class. Let's see how he develops heading into his second season as well that's something to pay attention to so a little personnel news Marcus Tatum reportedly entering the transfer portal and change is going to come there could be other players that decide to leave Tennessee could go after 
players on the transfer market. D'Angelo Gibbs is a player who set out this season as a transfer from Georgia. He'll be eligible to play uh, next year. And then there could be coaching changes. So we are at that point in the season, and it's just going to be a yearly occurrence. You get to that first week of December when the regular season has ended, and you're going to have players all over the country entering their name in the transfer portal. You have recruiting going on. So that's a big focus for Tennessee's coaches. And when these names enter the portal, of course, you start to look there and see, okay, are there other options that we could bring in? And that affects your number of scholarships that you're able to put into a class with the players who will arrive. So it all goes together, but change is coming for Tennessee, and really that applies to all schools. But uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff, they're still in the process of putting the roster together the way that they want it to be. Now, on the recruiting trail, Tennessee's coaches have been busy traveling with the regular season over and Tennessee taking a break from the practice field. We know that Jeremy Pruitt and Brian Niedermeyer were out west as they were in Nevada visiting Vicejo, a linebacker who is now decommitted from Nevada, which is not a surprise. Tennessee is really pushed there. And uh, Cahoe's brother goes to Alabama. Vi is not as big of a, a prospect in terms of where he ranks and the level of schools that have gone after him. Colorado's been in the mix there recently. Uh, mentioned Nevada where he has been committed. And I think there's a good chance Tennessee lands Vi Cahoe because the Vols have a need at linebacker and Tennessee is a really good option for him, and he has a good relationship with Tennessee's coaches. So uh, pay attention there. And then Darnell Washington is a five-star tight end in the 2020 class who has decided to take an official visit to Tennessee on December 13th. He will be at Miami this weekend, and the visit to Tennessee on the 13th might be significant because that is five days before the early signing period. So Tennessee will get the last official visit with Darnell Washington before players are allowed to sign five days later. So uh, does that mean Tennessee's going to get him? Not necessarily, but you always like to have that last visit. It doesn't hurt to have him on your campus before he makes his final decision. So uh, Georgia still is considered the favorite to land Darnell Washington. Alabama and Florida have been in the mix as well. And as I mentioned, Washington is scheduled to visit Miami on an official visit this upcoming weekend. If you look at Tennessee's board, you will find a lot of players that Tennessee is still recruiting. Tennessee still in the mix for, but Darnell Washington would have to rank, I'd say, at the very top of that list just in overall players. If Tennessee does not land Washington, I'm not sure Tennessee's taking a tight end in this class, but he's too good of a player to not take. He would, of course, be a take for Tennessee. I don't mean to say it that way. Uh, but Washington is a guy that just, you know, he would be a difference-making talent potentially for Tennessee in this 2020 class. And a lot of those highly touted players, top 15, top 20 players that Tennessee was going after in July and August have really come off the board. I've said that before on the show. Uh, we've talked about it a number of times. Rakeem Jarrett, Savelle Smalls, Noah Sewell, uh, they, they ended up looking elsewhere and going elsewhere. Jarrett was already committed to LSU, and then Sewell and uh, Savelle Smalls have both committed elsewhere. Smalls is committed to Washington, and there was the news of Chris Peterson uh, deciding to step down, but Washington is hiring the defensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake, to be the head coach. So you already have a relationship there with Savelle Small, so that's not really happening for Tennessee. But I, I think the biggest needs for Tennessee in this class, the defensive line, so Amari Thomas, Reginald Perry, they're trying with Jay Hardy, but that looks like a real long shot. Octavius Oxendine, those are all names to watch on the defensive line. It's just a huge priority. Tennessee needs help at linebacker, so Vicejo can come in there. 
I think Tennessee still needs some help at skill positions, running back, uh, another receiver maybe. And then Darnell Washington, he's a guy that would absolutely factor in, just a big-time athlete, tight end in the class. He can help Tennessee's offense if he chooses the Vols as well. So recruiting right now for Jeremy Pruitt is a big focus with the early signing period being two weeks away. It's December 18th, 19th, and 20th. And then something else that is of great interest for Tennessee fans is the bowl talk. And if you look at the bowl projections, I tweeted some out from the Locked on Vols Twitter account. It's just on underscore Vols is the account handle if you want to follow it there. But you're seeing projections all over the place, uh, which I think I mentioned on Tuesday. The Gator Bowl is getting a lot of talk. The Outback Bowl is a possibility. And Music City still seems to be in play there in Nashville. So Tennessee could be playing either Monday, December 30th in the Music City Bowl, January 1st, that's a Wednesday, in the Outback Bowl, or January 2nd in the Gator Bowl. That's down in uh, Jacksonville. David Ubbin from The Athletic tweeted this on Tuesday night. Tennessee fans should root hard for Auburn to land in the New Year's Six Bowls. That's most likely the difference between Tennessee playing in the Outback Bowl versus the Gator Bowl. So the Vols are headed to Tampa as long as Auburn is not. So the Outback Bowl on January 1st seems to be a real possibility, and David seems to have his thoughts locked into Outback and the Gator. Quick plug here, David will join us on Sports 180 on Wednesday from 1 until 2 Eastern time, and that show is podcasted if you can't listen live. But uh, Heather and I will talk to him about the bowl projections for Tennessee on Sports 180 on Wednesday between 1 and 2 o'clock. So uh, it could be the Outback Bowl, the Gator Bowl, or possibly the Music City Bowl for Tennessee. Those seem to be the three spots. I've seen projections with the Belk Bowl and uh, Memphis, the Liberty Bowl. But I would also say you kind of need to be careful with some bowl projections out there. I say that as I throw them out there myself. So we'll see what happens. We'll find out this weekend after Championship Saturday takes place. Coming up next, Tennessee basketball has a game on Wednesday night at Thompson Bowling Arena against Florida A&M. Tennessee needs to clean some things up offensively. That starts with Lamonte Turner. Rick Barnes will talk about that coming up next. Some things for Tennessee to work on in tonight's game before the big Memphis game on December 14th. I'll get to that right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to everybody who has left a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts. That is a big help. If you haven't done so but do have a moment to take, five-star reviews are always helpful, but uh, rating and reviewing the show can be a big help to Locked On Vols. And most importantly, spread the word to other Tennessee fans. Tell them about the daily podcast, Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. 1.7 1.7 seconds left. Lamonte yes! Turner hits from yes! the corner. It's three for Tennessee. Lamonte Turner has won it for the big orange. What a shot. They got it in the hands of number one. He put it through, and Tennessee walks off the floor with a three-point victory today. What a shot. 
How great is that call? That is John Wilkerson and Burt Bertelkamp when Lamonte Turner hit the three to beat VCU in the Emerald Coast Classic this past Saturday. That call from the Vault Network, uh, John's the best. Uh, a little biased, of course, working with him at the Sports Animal, but I, I just think he's awesome, and Burt's terrific. Burt is in a league of his own, if you ask me. So Tennessee with the win against VCU, the excitement of the Lamonte Turner shot, that's a reminder of what he is able to do for Tennessee's basketball team. He is not afraid of the big moments. I think that's very obvious, and that's something that Tennessee is going to need. Tennessee is going to be in a bunch of tight basketball games as this season goes along, not only in non-conference play, but of course the SEC, and Tennessee needs somebody who can step up. So much of the offseason talk with the Vols this this past offseason was, okay, now that Admiral and Grant Williams are gone, Jordan Bone running the offense – a lot of the time, they're gone. So somebody has to step up and lead, and the obvious answers there are Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden to do that. And with the ball in his hands, Lamonte is going to have to lead in a number of different ways. He also needs to take care of the basketball. And that was shown this past weekend, really struggled with turnovers, and uh, that was a big factor in Tennessee losing against Florida State and could have been a factor if Tennessee had lost to VCU the next day. And Lamonte's still out there making plays. Uh, he has been distributing the basketball really well, and he has the ability to hit big shots like that one at the end of the game against VCU. So the turnovers, that's something that Tennessee has talked about. And Rick Barnes talked about on Monday, the issues that Lamonte had and others. Uh, listen to what Rick Barnes said about Tennessee trying to take better care of the basketball, what he's seen in practice and what happened this past weekend down at the Emerald Coast Classic. What's surprising about the turnovers in the Florida State game was who was turning it over. Now, Lamonte's turned it over a lot where he's tried to do too much, and, and we keep telling him that. He, he's got to he's gonna have to trust his teammates. He's going to have to let them have it. Even at, the, I think, the play at the end of the first half against, I want to think, VCU, he should have thrown the ball. He had, he had uh, you're not going to drive in there and underhand layups when the clock going down with the guys bigger than you. So he's going to have to learn to make those plays. And and that's what he's got to get better with because I know I know he's leading us in turnovers and he shouldn't he's he's too good a player to have what six I don't know how many turnovers he's averaging a game but it's way too many and and the way he started the game it really got everybody else back on their heels you know we're like I mean everybody's looking around like you know what's going on here because he's a guy that you count on to take care of the ball and uh, and he owned up to it I mean he's told the guys at halftime he says it's my fault he told him after the game it was his fault. But that we need him to be solid with the ball. But we need we need Jordan Bowden. Some of his turnovers are unforced turnovers. Just you know, people are going to attack you and taking care of it. And what we will learn when we get together today and, and scrub this out is how turnovers did cost us a game. And uh, regardless of the defense we played against Florida State, when you meet the goals that we meet defensively that we want, you don't lose many. You don't. You sh you shouldn't lose. But when you're that bad on offense you can't overcome overcome it sometime and I think that's one thing that they'll they'll learn today if they don't already know it because we've talked about it enough that you've got to you've got to take care of the ball and I would say that Rick Barnes is going to continue to challenge his players as he always does especially the veterans especially his senior guards in Jordan Bowden and Lamonte Turner everything he just said there at the press conference he has said repeatedly to his players, and they know that, and they can take that coaching. So I don't think that's anything to worry about. Let's just see how they perform. As I mentioned, this is a, a tune-up game tonight for Tennessee against Florida A&M. It's frankly an awful basketball team. Florida A&M is 0-6 
coming into the game. Ken Palm has A&M ranked as the 340th best team in the country and projects Tennessee to win by 29 points. So uh, it's one that Tennessee will absolutely win, and the Vols should win by a big margin, which maybe will get some of the veterans some rest. And they do have some rest coming up. It's 10 days between now and Tennessee's game against Memphis. You have finals going on. But get some work for a lot of the guys. The freshmen should get some good playing time that maybe will help them. And uh, then we'll see where Tennessee is coming up in a week and a half against a Memphis team that is good. And then after that, you play Cincinnati. Tennessee plays Memphis and Cincinnati in a four-day span, the 14th and the 18th. And then Wisconsin at the end of the month before SEC play begins January 4th. So we are one month away from Tennessee opening up SEC play. Man, this stuff goes by fast, doesn't it? So Tennessee basketball tonight, I'll have uh, more coverage for you on that in the next couple of days. Tennessee football recruiting continues to be a focus, reflecting on this 2019 season. I'll do that as well over the next couple of days. A lot going on still, and I have you covered here on Locked on Vols. It's here five days a week. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, the third-party apps, really anywhere you listen to podcasts. Locked on Vols is there. Keep spreading the word. Thanks to everybody who has done that. And remember, you can send me a question or comment for the show anytime. I have links in the show notes to my Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Thanks again for hanging out today. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Vols. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day